0: So here's the thing, if you're living in Michigan in April of 2020, you probably have some questions on your mind. It's a confusing time, it's unprecedented in our entire generation. How do I stay safe may a question that's foremost in your thoughts these days, or perhaps when will I get back to work, or when will I get back to normal, or even when will I get out of this house might be the question that's burning in your thoughts. You could even be looking at the bigger picture outside of how this is affecting you and asking the questions like, what does this crisis mean for our economy, for our nation, and for our entire world? What is the impact from this crisis going to be on our church or on my family? I want you to add your biggest questions at least one of the top five, into the comments section right now. Not that you can start an argument while we're talking together, but so that you can share and we can connect together over the honest, difficult questions that we're all asking. During a time when we're especially feeling isolated and alone, we can participate with each other by asking our questions in the venue online that you're watching this service. And the fact is that our staff isn't going to try and give you any pat answers to the questions that you may be sharing with us and the rest of those worshiping today, because neither I nor any of the other staff knows the answers to the questions any better than you do. But if history teaches us anything about some of the questions that we're asking right now, it's that this season will pass. The truth is, nearly every generation faces a huge crisis, sometimes more than one, that threatens the safety and the economy and even the social fabric of the culture in which it emerges. Just think of our own uh, country's history with Vietnam and before that World War II and before that the Great Depression and even before that a cholera outbreak, smallpox, the Black Plague. Each of these resulted in tragic and massive loss of life. Each of them made a huge disruption to those who lived through the events. And each of these events also had a lasting impact on not just the economy, but the culture and society for years, decades, even generations to come. But each of these critical times did eventually We all pray for the severity of our current crisis and that it won't be as catastrophic as some of the things that we remember in our history books. But even though we can't be sure when it will end or how it will end even, we can be confident it will end. So if you're looking forward to the day when all of this COVID-19 mess Is behind us and in our past, go ahead and enter the comments section right now and uh, hit the like button or say, I can't wait, or tell us what you're looking forward to when this is in the rearview mirror finally. And whether or not that brings you some hope and comfort knowing that however hard it gets, we will get through it and emerge to the other side. There's some other questions that may loom large in our minds. And just like they have through all the generations before us, in good times and in bad times. Questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? What is good (laughs) and what is bad? And how can we tell the difference? Big, important questions like, if God is good, then why does he allow bad things to happen? Is there a God? And if there is, how can we find him? How can we hear from him? How can we understand what he might want to say to us, especially during troubling times like these? And even the question that we all are going to die someday, our lives will end. What happens after that? Some say that this book is God's word, and if it is, Can we trust it to reveal the truth to us, even in 2020? And even the question that underlines that one, what is truth? Now, some would say that any mature mature person, Christian or otherwise, who doesn't try to answer questions like these are actually just being intellectually lazy. And they're at least being unprepared for what life is going to throw at them. And so I want to encourage us to, rather than duck these questions or set them aside or press them further down in our minds, especially when some of them are coming to the forefront of our minds during these troubling times, to face them head on, to wrestle through them until we come up with the answer that we're confident is the correct one. As hard as it is to answer these questions, they're so important for us to wrestle with and through in order to be prepared not just for the hard times for life, but the most important things in life. These questions may be more relevant to us now than ever, but they're not new questions. We're not the first generation to ask. In fact, we're going to see someone 2,000 years ago asking some of the very same questions. We're now in week four of our series, Choose Your Character. And each time we're looking at a different character from the Gospel of John and, and trying to learn from their weaknesses or strengths, their failures or their successes. And today we're going to be looking at Pontius Pilate. He's a real historical figure that we find uh, evidence of and information about even outside the pages of Scripture. And at this time, he was a governor. Uh, We're going to call him the questioner because he's making hard choices at this time to lead his people through a crisis situation. The safety and welfare of his entire territory called Judea is threatened, not by a virus, but by one man. Jesus. The Jewish leaders are bringing Jesus before Pilate and asking him to find him guilty of their charges against him and execute him. And he'd have to choose what he is going to do with this Jesus. I invite you to join with me if you have a copy of God's Word in front of you or even reading out loud if you're willing on the screen before you as we're going to be looking at John chapter 18 Verses 29 through 38. And here's what God's word says to us about Pilate. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If you were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest before the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. Can we take a moment to pray together? Our Father God, we ask you in these moments to guide us through the conversation we're having, that it would not be a one-way talk, uh, but a two-way conversation, not just between all of us gathered together online during this service, but between you and each and every one of us. God, I pray for my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning who may be struggling with questions that don't have easy answers. Would you remind them that you are truth and that we can find not only hope and comfort, but confidence that you know the answers even if you don't share those answers with us every time we want you to. And God, I pray especially for those who might be struggling or doubting or skeptical of some of the questions that your word and your people put forward. God, would you allow all of us to ask hard questions this morning and to continue wrestling with them until we come up with the answers? Father God, would you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, Not only be patient with us through our doubts and struggles and questions, but be a part of guiding us into the truth, whatever that may be. We pray all this gathered in hundreds of different locations in the name of Jesus Christ and together we say, amen. I find it fascinating to look at the life of Pilate and the text that we just read, and it goes on for a full another chapter in chapter 19 of John, because he's a fascinating individual, a complex character in the Word of God and in history. History sources tell us that, one, he was a governor of much of what we now know as the nation of Israel for about 10 years. And it's likely that, like most other uh, leaders in the uh, Roman nation that he probably served with distinction in the Roman army at some point as an officer. And he probably was also from a wealthy family. We don't know a lot about his time before he emerged as the governor of Judea. But we do know that he served under Tiberius Caesar, who was the emperor at the time of Jesus' death. And Pilate was stuck in an awkward spot. On the one hand, he was disliked by his subjects, the Jewish people. And on the other hand, he was distrusted by his boss, Tiberius. And largely because of that, he lived in fear of losing his job. He couldn't afford a bad report to come from the people he ruled over towards the person he answered to. Partly because of that, he was known to be corrupt, ruthless. In fact, he had no problem killing his own subjects in order to protect his own skin. But of all the things that we know about Pilate in history, he will forever be best known for one question What did he do with Jesus? When Jesus appeared before him, he was on trial, and and Pilate did, in this case, what many people do today. He asked questions. In fact, he asked some good questions, but he had the same problem that we face today and that is who to believe when we search out the answers. For us, we might struggle to decide, can we trust our friends and family and what they have to say about important questions? Can we trust the experts? Can we trust the media? If so, which side of media? It seems like every issue, whether social media or professional media, uh, can be argued in completely opposite directions and presented with different agendas no matter where we look. So how do we know where to go to find the answers? For Pilate, he had the same struggle. In verse 29, he started with the experts in this case. That would be the Jewish leaders that brought Jesus to him with the accusations they had made. And then, like now, the experts know stuff we don't, but they're not always right. In this case, we see in the next couple of verses that they had their own biases, and they had an agenda Because they hated Jesus, they wanted him dead, and they would even lie and bring false witnesses into the courtroom in order to get their way. So, Pilate is commendable here in verse 33 when he didn't choose to believe the very first thing he heard and assume that it was correct. Instead, he continued to ask questions. He brought Jesus before him and he asked him, are you? the king of the Jews, as they say that you are? It's a good question. And it's good for us to follow Pilate's example in this situation, to question what we hear from all sources, and to reserve judgment until we've got the full story and can make an accurate decision based on all the information before us. In verse 34, though, Jesus does what Jesus often does, and that is he answers the question with a question of his own. In this case, he said, Who do you say that I am, Pilate? Then, like now, Jesus challenges him and us, each of us, to make up our own minds and answer one all-important question. What will you do with Jesus? Verse 35, it's clear that Pilate doesn't want to make this question personal. He doesn't want to interact with it as an individual deciding what he would decide or believe or do in response to Jesus. He just wanted to deal with the matter before him as a task to complete. And so he keeps asking questions, and Jesus answers Pilate as plainly as he answers anyone in the pages of Scripture. Now notice this, Jesus isn't trying to defend himself here even though he's on trial for his life. But he is pressing Pilate personally to choose where he stands in response to who Jesus is. He's ready to tell him anything that Pilate wants to ask or know. It's almost like Jesus is doing an AMA, willing to allow Pilate to ask any question he wanted, anything he wanted to know. And Jesus would answer truthfully the questions. In verse 36... Jesus tried to set the tone for this conversation. He's saying, I'm not focused on what other people are focused on, this world. Instead, I want you, Pilate, to focus on my kingdom, which is in heaven, not just on this earth. So here we have the man who claims to be the Son of God, the one who has done things that no one on earth could explain what or how he was able to do them. And now he's standing before Pilate, willing to let Pilate ask him anything he wanted to know. Pilate could have asked at this point some of the most important questions in life and gotten the answers straight from Jesus' mouth. But he was too focused on himself. The urgent matters before him that was pressing him to move forward, uh, the job that he had to complete and the way that he had to figure out how to interact with everybody else who had an opinion as well. So in verse 37, he's looking for a way out. He's looking to deal with the problem at hand in the most efficient way possible, get out of the conversation and move on without ever making a personal decision in the matter. <laughs> and what's interesting is Jesus isn't having any of it. He starts his response here by saying, You say, Pilate. Here's where you are, Pilate and I'll meet you here, but I want to take you further. I want to challenge you to go deeper into your questioning, into your understanding, into your seeking of the truth on this matter, including who I am. And he says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Now, if I said that, you might say I'm arrogant, and you would be right. But Jesus doesn't say this just one time to Pilate while he's on trial for his life. He says this over and over and over throughout his ministry on earth. To person after person, he claims to have a corner on the market of truth. He told one person in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, those are bold words. That's a deep statement. It has profound meaning. Simply put, either it's profoundly arrogant and deceitful what Jesus is saying in those words, or it's profoundly real and relevant to everyone who's ever heard the name of Jesus Christ. Not only does Pilate have to come to grips with how he's going to respond to this claim of truth from Jesus' mouth, we have to make the same choice on how we're going to respond as well. Because Jesus says this to every one of us. Anyone, in verse 37, anyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate had the opportunity to hear the truth from the one who claimed to be the author of it. By this point, though, Pilate had moved from being a skeptic, one who asks hard questions, seeking truth, to being a cynic, one who no longer listens to the answers. Verse 36, he asks a very legitimate question, what is truth? A question that so many people in our culture, in our society, in 2020 are asking today. Legitimate question, but he doesn't bother to listen to Jesus for his answer. If he did, perhaps Jesus would have repeated the words he said to Thomas in John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pilate, no one comes to the Father but by me. This is bigger than your job and your court case today. This is about you and everything that matters in life. If he did, perhaps he would have repeated the words he said in John eight thirty two. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Pilate found himself stuck in a situation that he didn't want to be in and was looking for any way to get out of. Jesus standing before him could have been the answer. But as we see in verse 38, Pilate's own conscience bears witness to who Jesus is not, at least. He says, I find no basis for a charge against him. The fact is, Pilate, just like each one of us, has a nature inside us, from God. A God's spirit speaking to our spirit. Pilate didn't listen to that. Instead, he spent the next chapter trying to fix his own problems. He listens to the crowd, ignoring his own wife, ignoring his own conscience, ignoring the truth that's being spoken to him by Jesus and bearing witness in his own spirit and soul. And Pilate is forever known For what he did with Jesus. Moving from skeptic to cynic, he sent Jesus to the cross. As Billy Graham once wrote, Pontius Pilate repeatedly said he didn't think Jesus was guilty of any crime. And yet Pilate eventually gave in to the pressure to those who wanted Jesus killed. Why? The only logical answer is that Pilate was a morally weak person. And instead of standing for the truth, he was only concerned about himself. Fearful of his position, Pilate caved in and ordered Jesus' death. Billy Graham goes on to say, Pilate will forever stand as a warning against giving in to the pressure of the crowd and turning our backs on Jesus. Jesus warned, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Whose way are you following? Billy Graham asks. The way of the crowds and of Pilate or the way of Christ? Don't end up on the wrong road, but by faith, commit your life to Jesus Christ today because he alone could say, I am the way and the truth and the life. Those words from Billy Graham highlight what we see in the character of Pilate in history and in the words of Scripture. And Pilate asked some good questions, but his flawed character caused him to stop listening to the answers before he discovered what truth really was. And now, it's time for you to choose your character. Whatever you believe about right and wrong, the God of the Bible or the real source of truth, it may be other questions that are popularly asked these days are in your head and in influencing your process of trying to understand what is truth and can it be found in Jesus maybe you're asking is Jesus really who he said he was and what scripture and Christians claim he is maybe you're asking questions like are all of Jesus followers jerks or just a few of the people that I've met in my days You might even be asking, where's the church and the followers of Jesus? What are they doing to help people in a time like this? That would go a long way to helping me find some answers about truth and about Jesus. And I want you to know that whatever your questions might be, you're not the first one to ask them. In fact, every generation before us has asked these very same questions the new wave of atheism that we've seen taking rise, the post-Christian era that we're in and our culture in America today is not new. It's been repeated time and time and time again. And throughout the centuries, throughout the generations, many people have struggled to come to the answers that Jesus reveals and God's word gives us. And yet many others, generation after generation, they have not only found peace and comfort during hard times by finding that Jesus is the truth he revealed himself to be, but they also find the truth with evidence to back it up that leads them to that conclusion. And so whatever questions you might be asking, are you asking the important questions as well? Or are you perhaps too busy just trying to deal with daily life to Really dig deep until you come to the answers that matter most in life. Are you approaching the most important questions in life as a skeptic? Because I think the gravity of these questions warrant a little bit of skepticism, a little bit of willingness to ask hard questions, to keep asking them until we've got all the facts and can come to our own conclusion rather than assuming whoever it is we're listening to at the time might already know the answers and trust for them instead of ourselves. So I want to encourage you, whatever you hear from me, whatever you've heard from other pastors or churches in the past, whatever you may have heard from family or friends, whatever internet or other sources you might be looking to for answers, ask hard questions. Don't believe the first thing you hear or read. But I want to encourage you, There are answers to these questions. Generation after generation has found answers. Some in Jesus Christ, some looking in other directions. Are you willing to listen to the answers as you dig and search for truth? Can you see past your own desires and struggles and personal problems? in a way that Pilate wasn't able to do, and maybe even see past the fears of this present crisis that we're living through, in order to come to your own decisions, in order to answer the one question that you'll be remembered for, for all eternity, even more than how you're going to get through this time or the relationships that you have on this earth, the one question, what will you do with Jesus? Jesus. It's time to choose if his spirit is speaking to your spirit right now you can choose to trust in him as your savior right now you don't have to have all the answers if you already know that he's revealing himself to be who he says he is that he did what he said only he could do dying on that cross in order to pay the penalty for every one of our sins so that you can have forgiveness and come to a right relationship with the father god only through jesus christ You can make that decision right now, and if you do, we'd love for you to let us know. We'd be encouraged by that news, and we'd love to pray for you, with you, and perhaps find ways to walk with you on the journey that is to come, because there's lots more questions coming your way. If you're trusting Him already, in this moment, or maybe for for many years, I want to encourage you to look to Him for the answers, especially during this time, for the rest of the questions that you might be asking. In this uncertain time, looking to the media or to friends and family or your governor or your president or the experts even are going to be incomplete answers at best. Ask him your questions. He may not answer them all the way that you want to hear, but listen to the answers that he does give. And don't be surprised if your questions are why and how and when, if instead he asks And he answers in response what he wants you to learn through this time. Or perhaps you're still wrestling with some of these big questions. And that's okay. These questions warrant some skepticism. Jesus makes big, bold, profound claims that aren't easy to accept. The idea that this book is God's word to us perfect and correct from beginning to end and answering all the biggest questions we have in life is a little bit hard to swallow. So I challenge you to continue digging until you come to your conclusion on what the truth is in these matters. And I'm not going to spoon feed you the answers I've come to myself today, but I do want to suggest a couple places you might start. First, if you're trying to figure out what to do with Jesus perhaps there's no better place to begin than, did he rise from the dead as we celebrated during Easter last week? Because if a man was dead and is now alive, that speaks volumes toward the truth claims that he made about who he is and what he can do. You can find a couple of resources in the in the description section of this video and uh, you'll be able to find for one Pastor Jeff sharing a message just last week on Easter Sunday giving information not only about what God's word says of the resurrection of Jesus Christ but evidence that leads us to conclude that that was a historical real fact not just a fairy table in a book So I encourage you, in your time, dig in, uh, uh, consult the answers that are provided there. Gather all the information before you come to your conclusion on what you're going to do with Jesus and the resurrection. Another option and great tool that we referred to before and uh, provided for folks is uh, the case for Christ. This is an individual who set out trying to prove that the claims of Jesus were not true and could be dismissed and found himself in a surprising place coming to a very different conclusion. And I want you to know that you can access this video on YouTube right now or when you have time to dig into that information and gather more answers to the questions that you're asking you can find that link in the description of the video as well if you have got any questions on how to find those resources feel free to ask a question in the comments and our uh, service hosts at your campus will help you to find what you're looking for and we'd love to come alongside you in any way that you might find appropriate or helpful and not to spoon feed answers but to walk with you through the journey of coming to the truth I invite you to join with me as I pray for you right now. Father God, we ask once again that you would speak, that you would guide the search that many of us are asking, that you would help us to be encouraged, to dig in, to ask hard questions and keep wrestling with them until we come to our conclusion of the truth. And God, I pray especially for those who are skeptical this morning, who have legitimate reasons to question and doubt would you guide the process of helping them to find the truth wherever that journey may lead? In Jesus' name, amen. would love for you to let us know where you are in that journey so that we can perhaps pray for you and come alongside you in the process of discovering truth. We look forward to seeing you, whether in the comment section today or in a video or worship service in the future. Thanks for joining us. Be blessed.